0: Hi, Vampire Insiders. In an article for NBC News, Brian Alexander distills the never-ending interest in movie vampires down to a pretty simple concept. They're a sinister catch-all who can symbolize everything from sex fantasies to escapism, from swine flu worries to darker social issues. Anne Stiles, an assistant professor of English literature at Washington State University, adds... Vampires are convenient metaphors to play out all kinds of things. In this, the second part of our exploration of vampires on screen, we are talking about the way audiences have consumed vampire movies over the years. As we creep towards the end of the 20th century, we begin to see a shift from something frightful to something sexual, and ultimately something we might actually fall in love with. By the time we get to the late 90s and early 2000s, vampires are tortured souls in the grips of an existential crisis who only need the love of a good woman to complete their lives, and we are here for every delicious second of it. We appreciate you coming to listen to us each week, and thanks for sharing us with a friend. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Christina.
1: Hi, hi, Mark. Hi, Joanne. Hi, guys. Oh, Joanne. Wow. we get a collective... You sound a little sad. Mm -hmm. Are you feeling a little blue, Joanne? Feeling a little defeated. I'm pretty pretty sure I understand why. Would you like to talk about the pole? The pole who is the sexiest vampire ever?
2: I, I don't want to, but I suppose I have to.
0: You must. The
2: sexiest vampire of all time is Matthew Claremont from A Discovery of Witches.
0: Oh.
1: Played by the delicious...
0: Mark Matthew. Snedeker and Ashton, I mean, and, uh, Jared Kushner.
1: <laughs> no, m- m- played by Matthew, good. Mark, yeah. Joanne, Mark, <laughs>
0: Mark. Look, I don't, look, I know everybody thinks he's super sexy, and I suspect that's because of the role he plays. Not everybody. But he looks like me crossed with Jared Kushner, okay? <laughs> he's not, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have a strong chin. I understand now you're outraged. Oh, yeah. About
2: vampires walking in the sun? Yeah. Because you want to know a fun fact about Matthew Claremont? He doesn't even have fangs. Fangs? Why not? I don't know. He doesn't need them. His teeth are so sharp, he can just take a bite. I've been speaking with legal counsel, and we're considering... Filing a motion to have him disqualified.
0: Yeah, from you,
2: the sexiest vampire. You might want
0: to. You <laughs> might want to file an emergency injunction because the award's about ready to get mailed out.
2: So. I, <laughs> I know. God, should
0: <laughs> we
1: send him <laughs> something? Yeah. Oh my god. We should. Should, we, should we try and send him? We should something? send him something. Oh, we <laughs> oh my god. What could it be? It's not easy being teethy.
0: Yeah. Like <laughs> send him a T-shirt or something. <laughs> t-shirt, yeah.
2: um, but no, here's. Here's what went down. Yeah, okay. We, lay it out we for did me. the poll. We did the poll mark, and, you know, as you know, in, in two categories sexiest TV vamp and sexiest movie vamp. And then the movie vamp winner was, of course, Brad Pitt playing Louis in Interview with the Vampire. And the sexiest vampire TV, as I said, was, was actually Matthew Claremont. Now, here's the problem I wanted it to be Damon Salvatore. Of course. Um, He's your I'm boy. Obsessed with Ian Summerholder. but Ma- while I may not find Matthew because we took Matthew and and, um, and Brad and put them together and that's how we determined the, the sexiest winner I mean it was just it wasn't it was wasn't even close in either category for, for anybody going up against him but I will say this as much as I wanted it to be Damon the fans of Matthew Good and Discovery of Witches are some of the greatest fans I have ever come across. Their fandom is fun and inviting. They're very engaging. And I had the absolute best time, you know, kind of just joking with them and teasing with them. And you know, they got the last laugh because their boy won and mine didn't, but that's okay.
0: Yeah, those guys um, are hardcore. They
1: are hardcore, but like Joanne said, they are extremely fun. But, they represent the best of what a fandom can be. Like, but, they invited, they, they lured me in. They, did, they
0: invited you in.
1: Snap, I did, I got they invited. Lured.
2: Snacks and wine. They even sent their pictures of this. snacks. They
1: did, and it was a vinegar potato chips. I think, oh, and I think that those. was Ingrid. The, I think what one of the fans' names is Ingrid. I follow her on Twitter. Yeah, I don't think she follows me back. And I believe that it was Ingrid who said, "We we have snacks and wine." And then she showed a picture of vinegar potato chips <laughs> and wine. And I'm like, "Oh, I'm in." I, I put the running emojis up, and I was there.
0: <laughs> By the way, Ingrid, it, get tighten up a lot and follow of fun. Christina.
2: No, she. I think she is following okay. me. What's that, Joanne? It's been a lot of fun, and I don't. I don't want to just call out the discovery of witches fans, even though they are just like top notch. But there was a lot of you know True Blood fans and Vampire Diary fans, and of course our interview with the vampire fans. And if we're going to highlight somebody, I do want to highlight one in particular, Dorian.
1: Dorian is fantastic. Their ad is Dobby's a whore. I think well, is what it is. Dobby is, is a funny. whore.
0: <laughs> that little well, fucking house, know, house elf.
1: They cosplay as Lestat. The, and, it, and, and they, they are, are fantastic. Oh, so good. In fact, today they, they put up a poll and said, do you want more Lestat cosplay? And I, I was uh, like, 100% why? I do. Why would you like, say no? Yes. Who would say no <laughs> to like, any of this?
2: I want both a la Claudia.
1: awesome awesome styling everything it's immaculate it's exciting
0: to meet uh, other fans and we hope that you know they enjoy our podcast
1: hopefully hopefully some of them are listening so today in this episode we are going to continue our conversation about vampires on film and we are now we're going to pick up where we kind of left off we we left off with with shaft i was going to say we left We left off with Blackula.
0: Who's the vampire that's got all the ladies on?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Blackula!
0: I I feel semi-uncomfortable even saying the word Blackula.
1: Blackula, though, as we learned... What's the name of the film? It was the name of the film. What can you do? And also, it was one of the top grossing films of the... What was it? 72, right? Let's talk about Vampire's actual... Allegory or metaphor. 1972. This was meant to be a black exploitation film. They wanted to capitalize on Blackula because Blackula did a lot in box office. Yeah, they, it was a huge thing. Nineteen seventy two, there's a film called Ganja and Hess. Gonja and Hess is an experimental art house horror film. The movie is a lot, but first of all, I
0: hate art house films.
1: All right, but the reality is here, this is this was meant to be black exploitation. Right. Bill Gunn, the director, said, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna make this I'm only into, gonna
0: kinda do it. <laughs> and
1: then they recut it to make yeah. it into this black exploitation film didn't work no one loved it but now this movie it has become this kind of classic cult cult thing where they're saying well it's a really great film it's an art yeah. house film and it's a great film but it's one of those those films where they're they're making it a little bit different it's not about vampire as outsider it is vampire as it's an addiction and this is honestly to me i know that nosferatu was meant to be an allegory of the the bad jewish guy or the bad foreigner but this Ganja and Hess is the first film that actually does this kind of, I would argue, allegory for vampirism is something other than vampirism. And it's something that we are addressing in our community. And if you go and watch this movie, you're going to recognize this. And he makes it about addiction.
0: Yeah. So tell us how he does it.
1: So what he does is he creates this character Hess green who is a anthropologist and like multiple phd guy he he's chauffeured around in a uh, rolls
0: royce well that's how i would do it if i was a phd by
1: his chauffeur who is also a protestant minister of some kind right and so Hess green brings in this assistant who ends up trying to kill hess and killing himself. It's terrible acting. But the, the story is, is he kills Hess with a ceremonial dagger that makes him into a vampire. And then Hess becomes this vampire and he's stealing blood from blood banks. Joanne, not unlike.
2: Ooh. Where have I heard that before? The
1: Vampire Diaries, <laughs> right? It's just this very interesting movie. It's badly, badly filmed, but I like it. I like the story that they're trying to tell.
0: So here in the uh, review of Ganja and Hess by the New York Times, they called it a sensual, scholarly, magic realist exploration of black history and black desire.
1: I mean, I'm not sure about all that.
0: Well, I mean, I'm just (laughs) telling you what the New York Times say. What do they know? They
1: are the paper of record. They are all the news that is fit to print. But I have to say that the guy who initially turns Hess Green into a vampire, his wife called ganja which Which, is obviously
0: i mean that's a drug reference i feel like
1: she shows up and she's just terrible she's a terrible human being but he falls in love with her and turns her into a vampire and they're vampires together ultimately at the end he sacrifices himself at his chauffeur's church his chauffeur convinces him that he should be christian in some way i don't know and then he in front of a cross kills Kills himself himself. and in the at the same time the preacher is preaching it's all very art house you don't see like really clear things happening
0: right so Dwayne Jones Marlene Clark are the uh, stars yep and I'm just watching the trailer here I can't say that this would make me want to watch this movie a lot
1: no it's a lot
0: Joni I have some questions for you do you prefer to consume your vampire media in kind of that high-minded, allegorical, this is vampire, vampirism is standing for this? Or do you really just want to see hot guys with sharp teeth? What do you think? Well, you tell me, I'm not going to tell you.
2: Of course I want the hot guys with the sharp teeth. And and I don't, you know, I'm not going to say that I'm not learning a lot about, you know, the themes and the allegory and all of that behind it. I am enjoying exploring that because as I'm ever going into each different kind of genre, you know, whether it's, you know, something, a silent film, a black exploitation film, or, you know, something as current as Twilight, Vampire Diaries, what have you. There are so many similarities that I never paid attention to. No. I, I watch TV or a movie. It's escapism. I don't watch it because I want to, dig deeper into something like that or analyze it or something. And this has forced me to do that. And, you know, my takeaway from it all is still just looking at the evolution of of not just the vampire, but the types of films and things like that. So it's it's a little bit of both, I would say. It's not just hot guys with sharp teeth.
0: Are you sure? What I, no. yeah,
2: it's about 70, 30.
0: Yeah. So do you uh, think that, do you think the hot guys with sharp teeth is the kind of that's up front center stage? That's what you notice. But do you think they're sneaking in some of that allegorical stuff?
2: Yeah. And that's something that I figured out when we were watching, when we were talking about the vampire diaries and it, it opened my eyes because I never, like I said, I just, I took it for what it was worth. I never sat there and said, what is this show really about? you were right? con- you I, were consuming it as a consumer right yeah. I just just enjoying it and then when I was when I sat back and I looked at it and i I thought about the loss and the sacrifice that's the you know the clear allegory for that show before that I would have just said it's a love story and and, and left it at that but it is so much more than that and i've I've enjoyed discovering that side of it it really hit me like a ton of bricks when I stopped and I, I you know had to think about like how many people have died, how many people have, have you know, the main character Elena Gilbert lost in her life. And it, it almost like got a little depressing because I'm like, God, this is a really depressing show when you look at it from that
0: lens. And let me just um, say that that experience that you're going through right now, that is what it's like to do a podcast with Christina. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> she will take something that seemed like a very simple pleasure and she will wrap it in meaning and history and all kinds of other bullshit so you're like Ugh, i can't even like this anymore
2: but but, no, but you know what she's right She yeah but right. that's the and worst it part does make it more inner i know yeah. it does make it more interesting to some degree Oh my um, God,
1: Mark, how terrible of you to run me down like.
0: I didn't run you down. I mean, in a way, it's a, sort of a left-handed compliment.
2: I hate you. <laughs> no, but you yeah. know, I wish I, I wish I had the ability that you guys have. Oh, where, it's not you guys. You know,
0: you, it's Christina.
2: You keep up with her.
0: Yeah. But you know I'm a like, super phony. Fake I'm totally holding but Caulfield right now.
2: I'm kind of liking it. You know that like I said I am learning and and it's been a lot of work keeping up with you guys and I'm trying my hardest. No, oh,
0: you're doing great. That. You know what it is? It's like watching vampire movies in your AP English class. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Right. Right. All right. But, it's, but it's not it's not like it's like that but it's not like that. Cuz I don't right. view it as like homework or a task. Well, she's a fun teacher. I'm enjoying it. No, you know, she's just a, a great woman. And I'm <laughs> she enjoying. Is. She's really, honestly, you
0: know, she's an icon for the ages. Stop really. it, everyone. <laughs> all right, all okay. right. I'm cutting
2: this off. Hold out. on, hold on. She, she made me, you know, be better, like, emotionally and, and yeah. like, like you know, be nicer to
0: people. And do shit, you, do blah, you know blah, what her motto is? Nicer, now Joanne. Is
2: kinder, kinder. Do you know what
0: her motto kinder. is? Kind, you don't have to be right. nice. Christina's motto is be best.
1: No,
2: what? Oh, wait, that's Melania Trump. That's not my
0: motto. What the hell are you, you know, talking about? my motto is?
2: Tell me. If it's from the sea, it's not for me. That's my motto. <laughs>
0: okay, fair enough.
1: Joanne, <laughs> your motto is edible and nose thing. Yeah.
2: Edible and nose thing. Yeah, I eat, no, I no eat things
0: thing. and know things.
2: <laughs> All right. I don't I don't view it as a task or an well, assignment or anything like that. I'm No, I, I really don't because I'm actually enjoying it. It's just hard for me like I would need like six months to you know really like sit here and figure all of this shit out we don't
0: but have that kind of time Joanne
2: exactly. we're
1: just gonna start now talking about lesbian porn vampires. Here you go. Vampiros Lesbos. Vampiros Lesbos.
0: So we unfortunately watched this film.
1: All of us watched this movie. Vampiros Lesbos is one of multiple films in a series of sequels. Vampiros Lesbos, Daughters of Darkness, The Shiver of the Vampires, The Rape of the Vampires, and The Nude
0: Vampire.
1: This is all focusing on the sexuality of the vampire, which may be be the precursor to I True mean, Blood. I mean, True
0: Blood is all about naked vampires.
1: Alright, so Vampiros Lesbos is about Linda Westinghouse, who is an American who works in a Turkish legal firm. Uh, Westinghouse has a series of erotic dreams. They involve this mysterious vampire, and I think her name is like Nadine. Uh, she seduces Linda before feeding on her blood, and then Linda travels to an island to settle an inheritance. Linda to seize the vampire and recognizes her as the woman from her vampire dreams. There's guys in this who are doing like violence towards women. It's all weird and there's like some performance sexual stuff at the beginning where the vampire is seducing women. Yeah. By being sexy in a stage
0: show. What is the what is the woman equivalent of a black exploitation movie? That's what this is. exploitation Lady it's, yeah.
1: it's lesbianism for sport. This yeah. was one hundred percent meant to be provocative. For men. Right. And so they are turning again, if you go back to the, whatever, 1890s vampire, no, not 1890s, 1913, I think it was, when they did the film, yeah, The Vampire, where Sybil was this vampire, and now we have Nadine, and Nadine is this sexy vampire who seduces... Other women
0: <laughs> and though it's so weird so it's all in German and it's all we, in German. we didn't even have Another we German didn't even film. have yeah we didn't even have subtitles in the version we watched nope so me with my limited high school German I'm trying to translate for Christina as we go and I just kind of gave up at a certain point but the most sure. memorable line of dialogue I remember in the whole film is Linda the vampire keeps going. Linda. Well, because she has mind control over her. So yeah. Linda
1: is sleeping,
0: and then all no, of no. a sudden the,
1: the Linda. vampire. <laughs> You're not <laughs> you wrong. say it that way. Yeah.
0: Linda. So the vampire is like trying to sexy talk her, and whatever my knowledge of German is, it does not include a lot of... Love language, right? Because I learned it when I was in, you know, like middle school and high school. So they didn't teach us a lot of sex terms. Mark,
1: you weren't getting laid in no. middle school. Oh,
0: absolutely not. Who do you think I am? All right,
1: Joanne, who do you tell- think I am?
0: Kelly leek from the Bad News Bears. Joanne,
1: tell us about your experience with 70s. British. Was it an awakening?
2: 70s no, lamb, no, vampire not, bush. It was not an awakening whatsoever. And you guys at least had a little bit of an advantage because Mark, even that little bit of German, you
0: knew <laughs> it is was very little, way
2: more, way more than the zero German yeah. that I know. Uh, other than like sprechen Sie Deutsch, but I didn't hear them say that. So I had no clue what was yeah, because going Because they on
0: just assumed America. everybody spreken the, the sprechen Deutsch. Yeah. Deutsch. Yeah. Even the American so, who's in Turkey.
2: <laughs> first of all, when it started and she's like making out with herself in the mirror and trying to be all like, like, like seductive and sexy and. Act like I'm you
0: like, haven't oh, done that.
1: That was her performance I, art, Joanne. I what are you even Wednesday saying? Night. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm sitting there and I'm watching it and then like, you know, that's the soundtrack starts and I'm like, Oh, you know, it's great. Like it's just like no no too. I'm gonna like wanna rip my eardrums out. Bow chicka bow,
0: bow. And I, I wish it, it was chicka
2: bow. It, it, it was, was it was more sitar.
1: Can I right? just say to you that the soundtrack to Vampiros Lesbos was released as Vampiros Lesbos sexadelic dance party? Yes. In nineteen ninety five. And it was, it, it, it like rose to the top of the charts. Seriously. It was a top, no, the soundtrack was a top 10 hit on the British alternative charts on its release 20 years after the film was released in the
0: 1990s. So I have a question for both of you. Do you shave? What? No, stop.
1: Well, because they didn't. Take th- okay, take that out. It's the there 70s. There
2: was a lot
0: of 70s Bush. Of course really there was. was. So that's not what I'm asking about. I want to know if you two own Go-Go Boots. Because if so, I feel like we should cosplay Vampiros Lesbos when we go to New Orleans.
2: Oh, Mark, you dirty boy. Not yes.
0: Yeah, come on. Mini skirts. <laughs> basically dress, dress like you're a laughing character, but with teeth.
2: Can, can, I, be the, can I be the robotic one? <laughs> but I'm
0: a middle-aged
1: laughing Good. character. Good. <laughs>
2: but I, only only if I can be the, the one that was like all robotic. Like,
0: oh, like absolutely. Like I mean, that's the I one.
2: Don't know if she was a vampire or the other one was a vampire. That's the one I'm I casting was, you for. Thank you. I, I accept the role. So, yeah, yeah that so, and, you know, I'm going to have to work on
0: the 70s so let's just say it was a strange movie in fact i'm i'm a little shocked that halfway through the film they didn't do that thing where they project onto a wall like a bunch of amoebas like green glowing amoebas or something you know like they did in clubs back then or did they maybe they did that i don't remember it
2: you know what i just think our listeners should really appreciate the fact that we watched 1970s porn for them
0: we did this for you and it wasn't You're even like
2: for you guys. porn
0: because I can tell you, like as a dude, no,
2: it was soft porn. Well, it wasn't as even, a, like cinematic porn. Yeah,
0: as a dude, I was never aroused by any part of this. And maybe it's just a generational thing, like it's just so bizarre and seventies that I couldn't get into it. But there was nothing about this I was like, oh yeah, that's right, there you go, biter. Yeah, no, none of that. <laughs> I was just like, no, it, it
2: wasn't sexy at all. No, I was like, like,
0: what? What are you people doing?
2: Oh, it wasn't
1: even Cinemax porn. It no, wasn't no, even no. Emmanuel level. Oh no, nineteen seventies or eighties porn. This yeah. was Emmanuel
0: very, was late seventies, so you're not going to get. They
1: see that. were kissing around the breasts. Yeah, like it's there like, was no nipple yeah. sucking.
0: Then you kind of want to go.
2: That? Hey, it's right there, just one inch to your left. <laughs> and then like she just do she, it. They would like stand behind each other and, like, she would almost, like, you know, it's like when when kids in, like, middle school dance and their bodies aren't quite touching, that's what it was like. She would just stand behind her and almost, like, like, Graze against her body, but barely and I'm going to tell you, oh,
1: they were touching but not touching. It was very right, frustrating. Right. Was if I was having sex weird. with this vampire, I'd be like, "Girl, girl, what just are you get doing to the doing? business." No. Yeah. And <laughs> I will tell you that there was a song on the soundtrack called "There's
0: No Satisfaction." Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. And I'm telling you, if you look at Linda. Right, you watch her face. No. She is not enjoying this in any way. Not at all. She didn't no. look amused, even not not meant, not to mention no. aroused. No. She was barely tolerating this vampire. No, it was terrible. All right,
1: let's skip ahead. I mean, we had in the nineteen seventies more. There was um, tr- more Dracula's. Salem's Lot was one of them. Well, so right? Salem's like-
0: Lot is actually a well-written. Stephen King book. Yeah, right? but vampires
1: but the, and that are scary and we're going to just say they yeah, were Yeah, they were, scary, were monsters they were and not seductive. Awful. Right, not at all. And then you get into the 80s when we get to style. I love the nightlife. And attitude. I well, I the feel like, Well, okay, if we're going to do disco vampires, that's the end of the 70s and It that is. And is I think we should talk about Love
0: those. at First Bite. So, oh with your friend George Hamilton, Mark. George Hamilton, who was awesome in that. Basically he was a disco king vampire. He right? was a sexy
1: vampire and he did things with her ankles that I like were
0: foundational to me. There, there was a there was with ankle biting. That was-
1: hey Joanne, that definitely- don't shame me. You're in- I'm not. I wanna know more.
0: We're sex positive. Ish.
1: I I have to tell you, like if it, uh the, like she had some strappy. What was her name? Susan St. James. Susan St.
0: James. She and was she, she was Mrs. McMillan and in McMillan
1: and she wife. She had some strappy sandals on. She did, and they were strappy high heeled sandals. And he did something about her ankles. I can't remember what it
0: was. But he she definitely was, ended up with fang marks on her ankles. I think so. Yeah. And that's he my looked good.
1: You know, he was in that sure. tuxedo and he had a cape and there was like a lot of disco dancing. Oh, he was a good looking man. Oh my god. George man, George Hamilton. Know. His son, Ashley Hamilton, was also a good looking man. I don't know what ever happened well, to him. Well,
0: he didn't become George Hamilton, let me tell you that. He definitely
1: did not. He had no <laughs> guest
0: he had no guest starring roles on Fantasy Island or Love Boat.
1: Oh, All right, so 1980s vampires. This is where we get into, as I mentioned, style and attitude. And who are the biggest 1980s vampires
2: that you know? Pick me, pick me. I know, I know this one. The Lost Boys. The
1: Lost Boys. All right, so let's Jason talk-
2: Jason Patrick, oh, her,
1: uh, keeper Sutherland. I mean, come on. Jason Patrick never got fully turned, but he was-
0: He was on, is, his, way. He was on well,
1: his way. He was on his way. He was on his way, yeah. And this is what I find interesting about some of the vampires that we get to up until- Really, the nineteen nineties, nineteen or two thousands vampires, which is some of them. It takes some time to get them to be vampires. Yeah,
0: you don't just bite them once. You don't bite them and just. It's not like once bitten. No,
1: it's like you. Which, bite. by the
0: way, is the vampire eighties vampire movie starring Jim Carrey and Lauren Hutton that I always confuse with, with. Uh, Love at First Bite. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So for the Lost Boys, there is something of a waiting period that it seems to be like a test to see if you you're going to work out as a vampire.
0: Yeah. Like, are you, you know, are you going to pass the test and be in our fraternity? Right.
2: Joanne,
1: tell the premise of the movie.
2: So the Lost Boys is about a pair of brothers, Michael and Sam, um, who move with their mom to go live with their grandfather in uh, somewhere in California and they meet up with these kind of you know nerdy comic book stereotypical 1980s little geek boys I guess you would say um, Sam the be- Corys. friends with them yeah. yeah the Corys. and Sam Sam befriends them and meanwhile Michael of course he's a girl played by uh, Jamie Getz star she's beautiful love Jamie and isn't she she uh, yeah she's awesome and he's interested in her but you know he didn't know that she's kind of belongs to a group of vampires he kind of tangles with them you know over her and ends up getting almost turned I guess you could say and then the rest of the movie is the little brother and his the Corys trying to save Michael and star from David and
0: the rest of the vampires. And so who are some of the actors in this film? Jason Patrick. And well, we talked about Jamie Gertz. Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. The guy who played Bill in Bill and Bill, Ted. Bill um, on
2: Bill and Ted, yeah. That's
0: right. Alex Winter, I believe he, is his name.
2: Alex Winter, yeah. He was in our he was in our um one of our polls. So 1980s vampires are
1: what? What are na- 1980s vampires telling you? They're lost boys, right? Like they're these—they're rock and roll. They're rock and roll, but they are also the main vampire. They're says. Both like an 80s hair band. Yeah, they do. But here, if I am saying to myself, if I'm taking a snapshot of that movie, as and you I'm should, saying, what is going on here? the main vampire her Edward Herman he says these are boys that need a mother right so I am saying that the lost boys is about divorce maybe and I mean the, and, no. and yeah it honestly is right like you, they need a mother I'm here to get you to be their mother Diane weest they're hot they're sexy they're wearing cool clothes it's a lot of uh, quick cuts and MTV imagery, but the reality is these are boys who just don't have the right kind of family. You know
0: what's happened? Right,
2: well, you know the nuclear family wasn't very prevalent in the eighties. You had no. you know all the you know working moms and latchkey kids and hello Gen X, um, right? You know, so it, yeah, I think that's a really. So are
0: you more interpretation of it? Are you just going to ignore? The Peter Pan reference. What do you think the name of Peter Pan's compatriots was? The Lost Boys? That's correct. Mm -hmm. So the Lost Boys were, as Christina has alluded to, orphans that were just kind of out of control, right? Directionless and needed a mom. Now, in Peter Pan, that mom is Wendy. In the Lost Boys, that mom is... Yeah, exactly. But it does appear that vampires, you know, rock and could possibly be that in a music video. Cool. Yeah, they're very so, cool.
2: Like I said before, hair bands, you know, they were like a, the vampire equivalent. I mean, they were really, they, yeah. they, were, they were it. And I, I understand how, what lured me into that and many other girls my age at that, at that time.
0: So is it really a metaphor for broken homes and, you know, kids that need parenting, which it might very well be. Or is it the allure of the bad boy and the, you know, the guys who look cool, but are really shits and how kind you have to, yeah. And how you have to resist that with the power of family. Right. Because ultimately that's how they do it. Right. Is they ban you know, the brother bands with brother and they unite to help, you know, destroy the vampires who are trying to seduce them to their cool, Rock and roll MTV ways. I'm just asking you know, the question.
2: Over time there's a lot of brother vampires. Are sure. there any sisters? If not, I'm gonna write a. I'm gonna write a novel. About there
0: are. There are. Vampires. And they number three because in the original Bram Stoker's Vat. Dracula. There are three creatures that live in his castle called the Three Sisters, and they are but vampire oh, bitches. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, but they're just—they're not—they're <laughs> they're not, not main characters. They're not powerful vampires. Oh, they'll you fuck get, you up. No, yeah, you well, want to go fight they, them? I don't. No, here's where but are you, they main character. Vampires? No, here's no. where you get to the main character vampires, and this is a good segue. Twilight.
0: Okay, so first of all, before we get there, yeah. I want to mention one other '80s vampire movie that you skipped over.
1: Buffy the Vampire Slayer. No,
0: so The Hunger.
1: Oh yes, with David so The Hunger, Bowie
0: 1983, Catherine, Catherine Deneuve, Dave. David Bowie. Yeah,
1: Joan, Susan, Joanne, This 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 predates your. Yeah,
0: Susan Sarandon. Let me tell you, two out of the three of those people have great boobs. <laughs> and they show them to great advantage throughout this film.
1: Can I just say Susan Sarandon? Oh, she shows her boobs in every movie. Can I just say that I love her? She's great. and her boobs, and she's fantastic. She is fantastic. In everything she but
0: does. You know who else is fantastic? Catherine Deneuve. Catherine Deneuve is beautiful. she might have oh, been well, also Joanne. Yeah, she might have been for all I know ninety five years old then, but still looked amazing. <laughs> right? I don't think she was ninety five, but whatever. But the the So the premise of that movie is Catherine Deneuve is this ancient vampire who can create other vampires and give them eternal life, but sadly, not eternal youth. So her lovers eventually become slobbering idiots that she locks into coffins in her attic. And David Bowie is a, a, a cello player that she, you know, turned in the 19th century sometime and is beginning to now deteriorate, and Susan Sarandon is a gerontologist, which you know that she studies aging in people, rapid aging in people, and she, for I'm sure, very good plot reasons and not gratuitous at all, has definitely has sex with Catherine Deneuve, mm-hmm. where you see much nakedness, and eventually she's in charge of you know uh, defeating the vampire. It's a good movie. It is a if good movie. If you're into that sort of thing.
1: It is a good movie, but they're again defeating the vampire.
0: Yeah. You have to defeat the vampire, otherwise the vampire just takes over humanity. And
1: then you get to the nineteen or the two thousands, right. where you just fall in love with the vampire.
0: Yeah. Now vampires are really just super boyfriends they're instead of monsters.
1: Right. They're more love story,
0: you know. Which I think is a horrible, horrible turn.
1: Joanne, say more.
2: And they daylock
0: Also a mistake. You know,
2: the Vamps of the Two Thousands not only are, you know, the movies or the T V shows or what have you, they're all most I should say, about a love story, about, you know, a love triangle even. And that's the lore for me. And I think that's, you know, while my interest was peaked with the Lost Boys and then revived again with Brad Pitt as Louie in interview. The 2000s, you know, kicked it off. I did watch Buffy, but, you know, and of course I was a huge Angel fan, but that kind of died off too. But the 2000s, which, you know, I guess I was in my my mid-20s. So, you know, that's when I really got into this sci-fi teen fantasy genre. And I used to, it's funny, like, I guess I was, you know, probably in like 2010-ish, 12-ish when I did start reading all the Anne Rice novels and also the Vampire Diary books and Twilight and stuff like that. And I would, I would go to the bookstore. I would be embarrassed.
0: You should be, be
2: in like the teen sci-fi. Yeah. You know, the section. YA and I, section. yeah. Like, yeah. Young adult. Yeah. It was just bizarro. And because I was legit embarrassed to be like, I love these Vampire Diary books. I love the Vampire Diary movie. Um, but now I don't care. They can kiss my ass. You can make fun of me. It's just, I don't know. It's such a nice, it's just escapism, you know, and it's good TV and there's hot guys and hot girls and the storyline keeps it going. And the 2000 vamps are my. That's your vibe. That's your, vibe. Uh, that's your jam. I'll All right.
1: Really I, and, and, and I don't disagree. Right. Like I didn't read Stephanie Myers, but I saw the first Twilight and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm here for this. It's a good teen romance. It's not, it's not Shakespeare. It's not like highly elevated. No. Mark is shaking his head, but. Mark, it it's is not
2: a very easy read. They're not, you know, oh, like, I have
0: no doubt heard. that it's an easy read. It's not aimed yeah. at you. No, it's definitely not. Because if it did, if it was, they missed me by quite a lot. No,
1: it's not aimed at men. <laughs> it's aimed at women. This yeah. is, I would tell, I will, I will argue That Twilight, and then ultimately what became of Twilight was Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh,
0: God, what garbage. This
1: is the renaissance of women's erotica coming to the mainstream, where you have young women. This is young adult fiction, but these are not young adult women who are necessarily reading this. Oh, definitely not. This is women my age and older and men. It's the new romance novel. Also, right? who are interested in it. But yes, it is. And these are the ideal. And we're going to get into this in an episode of Gen X Temporaneous. So you can, uh, you can come and find us on Mark's and My Podcast. We're going to talk about women's sexual fantasies. And then we're going to bring this back to this podcast where we talk about the vampires we need in our lives and how we construct them and what we find attractive about them. And I will tell you that for me, Twilight is really about wish fulfillment, women looking for a bad boy vampire who will love only them and only them and also be protective, but also kind of a little bit powerful and overtaking them. So there's a lot that's happening. Yeah. And you're a, right.
0: It is wish fulfillment. Um, and that's why it doesn't really resonate with me. Right. Because I don't really care about stories about getting a boyfriend. Right. I mean, that doesn't appeal to me at this point in my life. And if ever.
2: No. Well, and that's not necessarily what appealed to me because I was, I was married at the time when I started reading them, which probably was why I needed that escapism. Exactly, you know? Exactly. It, but it's see, it's Joanne, the, that's it. But it's about the newness. But it's also about the um, science fiction of it. Like, I love witches. Like, I, I was like I, I want them to be real. I want all of right. them to be real because it's kind of cool. And, so I, and Jill, I get
0: that. So I get that. I get the fantasy. You know, the fantasy element is very attractive. But you can in my opinion, do fantasy and still do a good book.
1: And I think that A Discovery of Witches might be that book. And we might have to read that and we might have to then watch the TV. I've watched a TV series. I think it's fantastic. It's not unlike Outlander where it's an implausible situation, but... It's an interesting situation and I think that's also what's happening in some of the modern day vampire things. For instance, True Blood. Yeah. That is a very interesting premise. Yeah,
0: and they've at least done interesting things with it, right? It's not just about getting a boyfriend, right? Which well, I feel like Well, it is a little bit. But it is a bit, but I
2: feel like when you say that you're you're saying that Vampire Diaries is about just getting a boyfriend. No, I have
0: no idea because I never saw it. So oh, you okay. might you It's definitely about extremely attractive people right because that's the one thing that you notice about that show is everybody is great looking right nobody looks bad there are no fat vampires There are no chubby witches there's no you know big (laughs) there's no big nose warlocks right everybody looks great Right, I mean, am I wrong? Chubby witches. I'm just laughing. <laughs> I'm just you saying that, like everybody looks great, and I will, <laughs> yeah. I will bring this up, and Christina might cut it, but there was a an apocryphal quote attributed to Stephen King. I don't know if he said it or just somebody else said it, which was, and they were comparing two very successful YA book series against one another, Harry Potter. Which, by the way, Christina hates. She hates Harry hate Potter. Harry out. Potter is about the importance of friendship and overcoming mm-hmm. adversity and standing up against evil. And Twilight is about the importance of having a boyfriend. You're trivializing, and it. and I, but I think that it is trivial. I do think that that series <laughs> is pretty trivial. Now they they have some interesting storytelling eventually. But really what it's about is, you know, Bella trying to figure out which boy she likes.
1: I don't think that that's wrong, but I also think that what that is saying is that women who are the consumers of this media
0: are having a hard time finding good guys. No, Well,
1: maybe, but also are finally saying we are not going to sit in the shadows while men go to strip clubs and while men watch porn.
0: So you think it's about the female gaze?
1: I do do think it's about the female gaze. Absolutely. 100% about the female gaze. And
0: that might explain why it didn't really appeal to me (laughs) as a dude.
1: (laughs) Definitely not. All right, everyone. This has been such a fun conversation. It's probably about
0: three hours long.
1: Um, No, almost two. And will you take us out of our second... Episode. Thanks
2: again, guys, for taking a listen to us. We appreciate you more than you know. Check us out on Twitter. Our podcast Twitter is at Vampire underscore Insider. You can find Christina at Christina Dennis. Mark is at Mark Eats Piece, And I am at Just Block Me underscore One. Um, at Vampire underscore Insider, you will find some fun polls, lots of interaction with other vamp fans, and maybe even a fun giveaway coming up soon. So make sure you are following us on there as well. Take care, guys. Have a good night.
0: If you find yourself feeling drawn to this podcast, attracted to it, or even if I dare say seduced by it, we encourage you to invite us in.
1: All right. I'm just going to say bye. All of these high minded things. Oh,
0: like you don't like high minded. Give me a break.
2: Yeah. Bye. Peace
0: out, Cub Scouts.
2: Adiós, amigos.